brothers and sisters. I feel his presence today. I don't know about you. The moment I walked in the door, you could just feel the manifest presence of God. And he says, when you come into his presence, there is fullness of joy. Amen. Are you joyful today? I'm glad to be in the house of God. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. Just one more time. Show him how thankful we are. Hallelujah. It is so good to be in his wonderful presence. He has promised to meet us here. He inhabits his praise. And we were just doing some wonderful praise, talking about how amazing God is, and and to be in his amazing house. This is an amazing place. I think of all the places all of us could be. People have been going all over the country, the world, to visit family, Thanksgiving. That's, That's good. Not knocking it. But there is no better place to be. No better place than the house of God. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Those of you on the internet and those of you who are here today, you are honoring God and blessing God by your presence. You're saying, God, you are amazing. You're awesome. And we must be as close to you today as we can possibly get. There is no better place to be than in the house of God. In Psalm 84... Turn there real quick. In Psalm 84, the psalmist tells us how wonderful and how marvelous the house of God really is. Sometimes I think we forget that we're in such a holy place that God has ordained and made holy. The psalmist writes, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Is that how you felt this morning? Amen. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even this Pharaoh has found a home, and they swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Once again, that's us. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They go from strength to strength, so each appears before God in Zion. 
Hear our prayers, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed ones. Better is one day in your courts, dear God, than a thousand elsewhere. Oh, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God dwell in the dwell in the tents of the wicked. We're in a wonderful holy place, brothers and sisters. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Here we can bear our wounded hearts. Here we can tell God our anguish at the altar. No better place. As we bow our heads, clear your mind and bring forth unto God that which is on your heart. He's listening. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so honored to be in your divine presence today. To think that the God of the universe who made everything, the oceans, the seas, and the, and the heavens thereof, that he would come by here to hear the, the cry and the pleas of his children. Oh, how you love us. It is so comforting to know that you're always there. Your word says you never slumber, you never sleep. That we'll just come unto you, lift up our prayers, lift up our eyes unto the hills. We will see from which cometh our help. Amen. That our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, dear God, we come to you. You know what's on our hearts. You know each and every one of us. Your word says you know not even our minds, but you know the thoughts of our heart. You know our needs more than we do, dear God. I've talked to several people today already. There's many needs out here, Lord. We are a needy people. We have humbled ourselves and we pray. And we come to your amazing, majestic presence, asking you, dear God, to heal our lands as only you can do. We're casting all our cares upon you, dear God, as you have told us to do. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always faithful to your word. Bless everyone who came here today, dear God, who thought it not robbery to be in your manifest presence. Those on the Internet who likewise tuned in and just want to tell you they need you. They love you. They're depending on you. They realize your word is true. Without you, we can do nothing. So be with us this week, dear God. Please, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Those that we're aware of and those of omission that we're not even cognizant of. Forgive us, dear God. For you said you were faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, if we will do that. Lord, we love you. We ask that you bless our, our church members who are ill, those who are homebound, those who are having financial difficulties. Bless our children. Bless our elderly, dear God. Lord, bless America. Lord, you know the problems that we're going through. You know about the COVID situation. God, we ask collectively, please take it away. Cleanse this atmosphere of this disease, dear God. We humble ourselves and come to you and ask you to do that. Bless the rest of the service, dear God, and may thy will be done. This we humbly ask in Jesus' name. And can you say amen, brothers and sisters? And amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. We are so grateful to each of you who participated in this year's turkey basket giveaway. This year, we were able to help 36 families with baskets of food and an opportunity to see love, serve, and engage in action. Thank you so much for your generosity. 
Whether you donated, assembled, or delivered, it was truly a team effort. As we look forward to the Christmas season, we want to make you aware of our service schedule at each campus. Christmas Eve services at the Bear Campus will be 7 p.m. on December 23rd and 6 and 8 p.m. on December 24th. Christmas Eve at Ellesmere will be December 24th at 7. There will be no Saturday services at Bear on December 25th or January 1st, and December 26th and January 2nd, there will only be one service at 9 a.m. Ellesmere will have our usual 11 a.m. on the 26th and the 2nd. See our website for more details. We are two weeks away from opening night of our Christmas show. Welcome to Bethlehem is set in a historic inn in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Our cast has been working really hard and is excited to present this for our community. Show days are Friday, December 10th through Sunday, December 12th. Admission is free. Tickets are available in the Welcome Center for you to use to invite your family, friends, neighbors to come to be with us. The ticket is not necessary for admission. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and also ate a lot of food. I know I did. So welcome back to our service for today. And again, for anyone online, welcome back. And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, too. So again, I want to say good morning. So for those of you who are new here in the sanctuary, again, welcome. So before you leave, once you go out and go to, we'll turn your whole person to the left, you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift and also be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And again, just to get the chance to, you know, talk to anyone from the congregation. If you're online and you're new here, again, welcome. So you can either click the new here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat right now. And then before I forget, the connect card. So if you're in here in person, you'll see connect card either at your seat or at your table where you can fill it out so we know that you are here today. And also you can write a prayer request because we are always praying for you. And for those of you online, you can click the connect card button at the top or the bubble that just pops up in the chat. So, Thank you, Rebecca. And good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you here uh, again this week after we've been stuffed, filled of joy. I did get my pecan pie, and it's gone. I did share it with a few people. But it's good, good to see you here this morning, uh, everyone. And welcome online as well. Uh, we, as we live out our faith together, we do three things here at Christ the Cornerstone. We love God. We love others. We serve God. We serve others. And we engage the world in the mess- with the message of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to be able to do that. And we want to be generous in the ways that we do that. And so we have some principles that we seek 
to follow here, whether it comes to being generous with our time, our, our material things, our financial uh, blessings that God has given to us. And it's, a, it's just a way of life that I think Jesus teaches us to do. And so here's one of the principles, and I ask you to read this together with me. It's principle number nine. Let's read this together. If you can see it on the screen, you can't yet. There it is. Let's read this together. We give purposely as God directs us individually to do. And uh, God asks us to be purposeful about our giving and intentional about it. And that takes a decision to do that. So we want to encourage one another to think about that. And here's a scripture. Let's read this scripture together. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. You know, what makes the gift acceptable to God? It's the enthusiasm that we have when we give it. Give eagerly to the Lord and give gratefully. We just came through Thanksgiving where we're giving so many thanks for many things. And we want to continue that just as a lifestyle taught to us by Jesus. He graciously and, and, and lavishly gave his life for us. And so we can do that for others. Uh, please remember to fill out the Connect card every time you worship with us, whether you're here in person or online, and then place all those things in the offering baskets uh, before you go. And uh, we're glad to have you with us. Let's continue to worship God this morning, and I invite you to stand as you are able, and let's pray, and then we'll continue worshiping our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Gratitude changes our lives. And so, once again, whatever we're facing... We simply give thanks to you. We know that you're here and present with us. We ask you to continue to fill us, anoint each one of us, pour your Holy Spirit into us freely. And may we receive your presence so that we can worship you, whether we're in the room or at home, in the car, wherever we may be, Lord. We thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. We learned a a new song last week about the fact that God wins all of our battles. We've been kind of on this theme, rotating through song after song, but it's true. Many of us fight battles that nobody else knows anything about. So we rejoice in the fact that he brings victory to our lives. And I've tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. Then you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve, and you take the broken things and raise them to glory. With the one who has conquered 
praise you. Lord, we hear the voices. We know what the enemy says about us. That we're a failure. That we can't compete. That we're not worthy. That we don't deserve the blessings of God. That we don't deserve to be a part of the family of God. That we don't deserve anything that you have given us. And you're right, we don't. But you have made us worthy. Because we are who you say we are. who the enemy wants us to think we are. Because when we stay stuck in that place where the enemy thinks he wants us to be, where he's speaking into our mind, nothing is going to be accomplished in our lives. God has a purpose for each one in this room. Whether you're in vocational ministry or not, that doesn't matter. There's a purpose and a calling on your life. And when we let the enemy speak into our lives, we give up that authority. So, who's speaking into your life today? 
Which voice are you listening to? I am who he says I am. He crowns me with confidence. And I'm seated in heavenly places. Undefeated, not because of any strength that I have, except the power and the strength that comes from him. So, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would move in this room today. Lord, some of us today are fighting a battle because our hearts are broken. We're ready to lay down our weapons because our hearts are broken and we are tired. Lord, we need your strength to fight. We know you're fighting on our behalf. Lord, you've given us a weapon, and that is your word. And Lord, we pray that as we pick that up, not just today, but every day of our lives, that you speak into our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know you're here. We ask you to move. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to encourage us.
so that we can in turn believe in faith when you tell us who we are. Move among us, Lord. Lord, maybe we can't see it. Maybe we don't know it. Maybe we don't feel it. Maybe we don't understand it. But you are moving. Help us with confidence today to worship you. Come on, even when. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. the edge of the Red Sea and you made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. Lord, in our own lives and people in this room, time after time, we could go around this room and give testimony of when you have made a way when there didn't seem to be a way. Because we don't have to understand it, God. Folks, I don't know about you, but and I've confessed this in this room before, but I am high on the list of control freaks. I have to know. I just got to know. You put in an address for, on your GPS to go on a long trip, and I need to go through the whole list and see every road I'm going to turn on and how long I'm going to be. I'm not kidding. And that's how we live our lives. When God's just asking us, to trust Him for the next step. Somebody in this room or watching us online just needs to trust God for the next step. You don't need to know the end. God, work in us even when we don't feel it or sense it or understand it or see it or even believe it. 
silence the voice of the enemy and let us only hear you. Help us to put ourselves in that position where we're only hearing what you have to say about us. I'm going to invite April to join me on the platform as we pray and and get ready to send our children to children's ministry and pastor begins to uh, come and bring the message today. Would you just stretch your hand toward uh, April and toward Pastor Roger as we lift them up in prayer. God, we thank you for the ministries of this church and we thank you, Lord, for uh, those who minister to our children. And God, we just pray for April and her team today uh, that as they minister to our children that, God, you would bring your blessing uh, and lay it upon them and your anointing. Father, we pray for Pastor Roger as he comes and brings the message this morning. Open our hearts to receive from you and speak to us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. morning again as we gather. Thank you for your singing. I think I could hear you singing online. Uh, actually, we have a new device so that if you're logged in, we can hear everything in your house. No, that's not true. That's a lie. It is. I don't have that. I don't have that ability. You can say whatever you want to say about me, and I will not hear it. But your singing is beautiful this morning, and I thank you for doing that. The body of Christ was always intended to, to come together in one voice. And worship throughout all of the ages has included that aspect, that the people... You know, in America, we, have so, we, we put so much emphasis on our individual freedoms. And, and that's, a, that's, that's true, and that's an important thing, and, and, I, and I believe that's part of how God created us... But God also created us to do things together. God also created us in such a way that we cannot live the life that He wants us to live without living it in community. Life doesn't even come except that it comes through the union of two people. So God created us to live in community. And to hear God's people singing in one voice it has got to be an amazing thing to the ears of God, and it's an amazing thing. So I thank, thank you for uh, worshiping uh, by singing, uh, lifting up one voice in praise, and crying out to God together. It's a powerful thing. So as we move from uh, Thanksgiving, go around that corner quickly into Christmas, uh, who does not yet, I'm going to shame people, who does not yet have your Christmas tree up? <laughs> There's some people not have a Christmas tree. Proudly, they're holding their, their holdouts. We're ashamed of put, not putting our Christmas tree up. But, uh, ours went up, of course, ours went up on uh, Friday, and, and that's, that's the way it is. We're making this transition into, into a new season. And did you know that this is the new year? According to Christian tradition, Christians have always, always celebrated this as the beginning of the year. It's the, called the liturgical calendar. And, and since for, for thousands of years, Christians have recognized the season of what we call Advent as being the beginning uh, of the Christian year. 
And, uh, of course, we go along with the, the, the world's calendar, uh, and January 1st being the first of the year. You need me to do something? Keep going. All righty. Oh, we're trying to get this thing working. Um, and, and Advent, it just the word Advent, if you've not heard that before, it simply means the coming. It's coming. And what's coming? Christmas time. Christmas is coming. So the, the church around the third or fourth century started to, to get serious about preparing people for the coming of the celebration of our Lord Jesus and the coming of Christmas. And um, uh, so we, they created this thing called Advent, and it stuck around this tradition. And some churches have an have a, 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 a Advent wreath in which it might have four candles uh, around it, and then one candle in the center. The center of candles called the Christ candle. You don't need to know all this stuff unless it's meaningful to you. And uh, we have four candles out on the um, uh, out on the stones around the uh, baptismal fount- fountain uh, out in the mall area. And uh, I don't. Somebody remember to light one candle this morning. I don't know if we did, but each Sunday as we get closer to Christmas, uh, we'll light those candles, and then on Christmas Eve we light the fifth candle. The Christ candle, recognizing his birth. Anyway, we do this together. We have Christmas with friends. We, we work together. And we live life together. So this is the, the theme for, for our Advent season series. And we'll carry it through uh, Christmas. Christmas with friends. And if you're familiar with the television show, Friends, it's kind of where kind of took our inspiration. I thought maybe we could... Uh, get some clips from the show, from their Christmas shows, and that might be a, a fun illustration. But I watched all of their seasons of Christmas shows, and there's not one of them that would be appropriate for me to show <laughs> as an illustration. I couldn't figure it out. Pastor Vaughn, maybe you can watch them and you can figure out what messages. And, but I didn't. I didn't find it. So we're sticking with the name only, and Christmas with friends. But if you notice the episodes of the television show Friends, all the episodes describe uh, uh, Describe the episode like the one when Phoebe did this or something like that. When Phoebe went to the market or Phoebe sang Smelly Cat or I don't know what it, what it is. And uh, that's, that's, those are the titles of it. So the title of, of these messages uh, are Christmas with Friends. And today is the one when Joseph wanted a divorce. And I'm not talking about Joey on the Friends. I'm talking about Joseph from the Bible. And so we're going to look at the friends around the biblical story and see how can they inspire and teach and help us uh, grow in our faith and become followers of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're doing. Christmas with friends. Uh, Even though Christmas time brings lots of glitz, glitter, gold, shiny, sparkly things, joy, happiness. We sing about hope and love and faith and all these wonderful things. We're going to learn very quickly that the story of Christmas hits the reality of our lives at very deep levels immediately. And there's a tradition in the ancient, ancient people that when they heard something that, that bothered them or that they disagreed with or that caused a knot to form in their stomach, if they were, they were in public, they would reach down to the ground and grab some dust, some dirt, and they would throw it up in the air like that. Just to say to the speaker, you're saying you're speaking nonsense. 
I don't understand, or I don't agree with what you're saying. And it doesn't make any sense. Remember uh, several years ago, uh, President, I don't know, if I, can, I can never get the bushes straight, whether it's George or H.W. It was the younger guy. <laughs> it was the son of the, the first president. He was giving a speech someplace in the Middle East, and the press was there. And, and one of the press from the Middle East uh, during uh, President Bush's speech, took off his shoe, look at that, and threw it at him. Ready? Pass them on. That's why I wore these shoes today, so I could take them off quick and throw them at you. That's, that's, that's akin to what the people still, they still do that. When they're upset with somebody saying something, they throw something at them. And back in the ancient days, they picked up dirt and they threw it. So as we read this story... I want you to pretend that you're there, and I want you to pick up... No, don't pick up anything and throw it at me. I want you to just raise your hand. When you hear something in this story that doesn't quite make sense to you, it doesn't fit with the glitter and the gloss and the happiness and the joy of Christmas. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph. Remember I said the title of this one is the... the this is the Christmas with Friends. The episode when Joseph... Wanted to get a divorce. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we'll start reading at verse 18. Matthew 1, verse 18. There's no page number. on the, If you've got the Bibles here in, the, in our room, there's no page number on that page. But it is 799. So go to 800 and back up one. Each of the Gospels gives us a perspective, their perspective, and they're, they're giving us information that they experienced with Jesus. And just like if, 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 if Darren and, and, and Margaret were at the same event, and they came and met you two weeks later, they would describe that event from two different perspectives. And you could say, well, they weren't even at the same event. That's what the Gospels are doing for us. They're describing the same person to us, but you can't expect the same people to say everything the same way. And so the Gospels each give us a different perspective of what they remember, of what they experience, and particularly as they're writing down and they're telling the Word of God, they are inspired by God's Holy Presence, by His Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is helping them remember, helping them to, to say, this is what I want you, Matthew, to say about the birth of Jesus. And this is what Matthew tells us in verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Okay, remember your, your test. Raise your hand when you hear something that doesn't quite make sense. And I'm going to be watching. Don't throw anything, though. His mother Mary, Jesus' mother Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. I don't see any hands. No problem. And then we have this word, but. My arm's starting to go like this already. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, what? She became pregnant. Got some hands going up. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to pause there and let's think about what Matthew is telling us is happening here. He's saying that something unnatural is happening. Something supernatural 
is happening. And this word Holy Spirit in the Hebrew language is the same word that is used in the very first verse of the Bible. And we go back to to the book of Genesis. You don't have to turn there. Genesis chapter 1. Actually, it was the second verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. This is the same Holy Spirit at creation that comes over Mary to cause her to be pregnant with a child. This is, this is God's child. This, this is supernatural. And, and if we're brave enough to believe that God speaks and creates all these things, can't we be simply brave enough to say God caused this? That's what Matthew tells us. We trust it or not. We believe it or not. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly. Notice that he, he's righteous. He's a good Jewish man. He was raised in the tradition. He learned the things rightly. He did everything right. God looked at him and said, this is a righteous man. And it says that he did not want to disgrace her publicly. I love that word disgrace in this translation. This translation. I like to contrast it with the word grace. We just put the prefix, prefix D-I-S in front of it and it negates the grace. So once God had given grace to Mary, Joseph did not want to Remove that grace from her. What grace are we talking about? The grace of marriage. Let's continue reading, and I'll explain a little bit more. He didn't want to do it, but he determined to disgrace her. He determined to remove something from her that would cause her the absence of some kind of grace, some kind of mercy, some kind of goodness. So, he decided to break the engagement quietly. Some translations use a much stronger word than break the engagement. And that word is divorce. Another hand go up. Well, in our culture, an engagement is not the same as divorce. Not true in this culture. Several weeks ago, I remember describing in one of my messages a, uh, the process of a young man asking a young girl to be his wife. And in that process, and, and we could picture Joseph doing this. Joseph had, had gathered together his plan. He knew that he wanted to marry Mary. And so he made an agreement with Mary's father. And Joseph went to Mary's home. The family assembled. They sat around the table, perhaps, or they reclined around the tables in those days. And Joseph had a contract, had a plan. 
And he said, I would like to marry your daughter, Joseph. And in exchange for me, your, your daughter marrying me, I will give you, I will provide to your family this. And to your daughter, I will provide this. I, I think it's pretty fair to say that Joseph probably was several years older than Mary. Maybe not. We don't know. But I think it's likely. And so Joseph said, here's what I'll give to you, Dad. Here's what I'm promising the life to her. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to provide. I'm going to give you grandchildren. We're going to continue the family line, which was extremely important to do in Jewish culture. And then if the father gave approval to that agreement, that covenant, Joseph would take the jar of wine and a a cup was placed in front of Mary and Joseph would fill her cup with wine and he'd sit back. And she knew that she had to answer the question, will you marry me? And she didn't have to say yes. All she had to do was pick up the cup and drink it. That's how you said yes back in those days. I know we watch engagement things and we watch for that yes to come out of the, of the, uh, the bride's voice or whoever's being asked. And, and, and in these days, it can be either <laughs> the other, one or the other. We want to hear that yes. But in those days, all Mary had to do was lift the cup and drink it. And we think about other times when Jesus is at the table of communion for perhaps the Last Supper. And he says to his disciples, can you drink the cup? And we're invited into a marriage, marital relationship with Jesus. It's a lifelong bond that he's seeking to make with us. So Joseph had made this commitment to marry Mary. And at that moment, it was a legally binding agreement. And there was no way out of the marriage without a, a divorce. So legally, the marriage happened at the engagement. So when Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, it was an uproar. And this is not... We, we just sang that beautiful song, The Waymaker. And, and, and what if Joseph had known that song back then? Pretty sure he didn't. And we just sang about God making a way. Here, here's where the reality of Christmas meets our own lives. And whatever you're experiencing in your life, know that God is with you in that experience. And that experience is also part of your Christmas experience this year. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. It doesn't mean that you are alone. It just means that at this season of life, you're going through this. But God is making a way, just as God made a way for Joseph. But Joseph didn't believe that. What would you think if you were one of Joseph's friends discovering that Mary was pregnant and he had, she hadn't yet slept with Joseph? Well, Joseph had two choices. Not really. According to the culture of the day, he was supposed to divorce her, send her out. She obviously sinned, and she's no good. And I know that this is harsh language, but a woman in her situation is good for nothing. I hate that language. It's harsh. I know. I'm sorry. But we know the end of the story, and that is absolutely not true. (laughs) Because we know that God has redeemed even Mary's life. And God has a plan for Mary. 
And Joseph is asked to go along with the plan that God has for both Mary and him. So Mary, uh, Joseph decides to divorce her, but to do it quietly. And once Mary was divorced, she'd be left out for society. She had no place to go to. She couldn't go to Joseph's family. They would shun her. She couldn't go back to her own father and her own family because they would shun her also. Her best bet was to live out on the streets, begging, scrounging for food. She'd probably sell herself to prostitution to get money to live by. There is no way to live the life that God has for us to live. Joseph didn't want to do that publicly, but he decided to do that. He decided to divorce her. And we've got to, here's the point in this message, realizing how Christmas confronts even our own realities in ugly ways. But God has a plan, and God is working through it. And so Joseph goes to sleep that night. He's made this decision, and then something amazing happens to Joseph. Verse 20 says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I remember trying to decide if I was going to ask Carolyn to marry me. And all the things that went through my mind, how will I provide for her? What will we do? We can't live on what I'm making right now. Do I wait till I get a job? We all know the story of Scrooge, I hope. And that's the mistake that Scrooge made in his life, and he comes to regret it much later. And he realizes he didn't have the love of his life, and she moved on. Somebody else. I relate to the fear of marrying somebody and what it's like. And we have to get over that. There's no way that you can pre-plan everything to succeed in your marriage. You have no idea what you're going to have to deal with if you make that commitment. But make the commitment and then figure it out. Because God has a way. Joseph, son of David. Joseph, son of David. His father's name was not David. What this refers to is King David. Many, 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 many generations before Joseph was born. Joseph, I'm reminding you that you are part of this family line through which God is going to save the world. Remember your heritage, Joseph. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. But why, Lord? Because the child within her was conceived by God, the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Pretty clear. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means he who saves. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. God became flesh. The theological word is incarnate, incarnation. 
And it doesn't refer to evaporated milk that you might put in your pumpkin pie. Anyway, I get distracted. Distracted on pie. <laughs> Incarnation, to put on flesh, literally is what that means. It's a Latin word. To put on flesh, to put meat on the bones. I remember once uh, a young college-age girl was working with my youth group many years ago, and she's used to working with great big athletic football players at the local university down in Georgia, and she's used to hitting them, and she came and she hit my arm one day, this little flabby, skinny thing, and she hit it, and she said, what is that? I need some meat on my bones. I'm not really incarnate yet. (laughs) Fifty-five years old. If it's not happening now, it's probably not going to happen a whole lot more. God left His place in, human, in, in heaven, and in all of His divinity, He took on the flesh of humanity. Christmas confronts our very reality. Don't skip over Christmas. Don't think that Chris, you're supposed to be happy at Christmas. If you're sad at Christmas, that's Christmas. It's okay. Do what you need to do to, 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 to live with that experience. We don't, want to, we don't want to live. Go encourage somebody who's having one of those experiences this Christmas. And, and you don't, may not necessarily have to make them come to your home and sit around and, and sing the carols. They don't feel like doing that. But that's okay. Invite them. Just let them know that you care. And that you see them. And that you understand Christmas confronts our reality. And so, there was Joseph. God became flesh, meeting Mary, meeting Joseph. Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. We all have a choice just like Joseph. We have a choice to hear what God is saying to us. Joseph could have said, like Scrooge said. Remember that line in in, in the movie Scrooge? When he sees the ghosts of Marley and Marley, he says, there's more of gravy than grave of you. He's into his ghosts. You're just indigestion. I'm just having a... What's the word I'm looking for? Gastronomical... Experience. That's good, Pastor Vaughn. I like that. That's not what I was thinking of. When you see something that's not really there. What's that? A hallucination. Thank you. I'm like, ah, this word ought to be coming out. I say all I could think was illumination. No, that's not it. It's not a hallucination. Christmas, the the divine one, confronts our reality. It's not an illusion. And don't excuse it away with natural things. Oh, we just don't know why that does that yet. Well, there's a reason why we don't know why that does that yet. Because <laughs> we weren't supposed to know. Maybe someday science will explain how this happened. But it happened. Who cares how it happened? God came in Jesus. And we have to trust it. And Joseph did. And Joseph then had a choice. Do I do what the rest of the world is telling me to do? Or do I do what this angel, what God is telling me to do? And he being a righteous man, he knew that things would be better if he just did 
what God told him to do. I don't get it, God. But I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your teaching. And notice that, that what supports Joseph in this is the Old Testament, is the Scripture. This was prophesied. It doesn't come out of the blue. And so when we have decisions to make, there is Scripture to help confirm to us whether or not we're doing what God is instructing us to do. And we have to trust His words to us because He speaks to us through His Word. Wondering what to do? Listen to God's Word in your life. Be brave. Do it. What is God asking you to do? Maybe you... Maybe you've never made a clear decision to trust in Jesus Christ as being God who became flesh. Oh, Christmas, that's just a nice idea. In some countries, Christmas is more like Valentine's Day than the story of this God, of the God who became human. Let's not let that be part of our culture. Let Jesus be grounded in your culture and follow Him. Confess your sins to Him. And, and trust in Him. And then do as Joseph did. He obeyed the command. We've got to do what God is asking us to do. And if we're not doing it, we're not actually having faith on it. Faith without actions is dead. And it's not really faith at all. So where are you in this story? Maybe you've trusted this for many years and you're facing a, a critical decision or this Chris, Christmas isn't all glitz and glamour as you would like it to be. Let God lead you through it. Let's pray together. Let's sing together as we worship Him. And I invite you this morning to come and to, to kneel and pray or to come and meet with others at the prayer stations and you can pray there. You certainly can pray online. Offer a prayer request online. If you haven't done it yet, fill out a prayer card and then, again, place it in the offering baskets as you leave this morning. I invite you to stand as we sing together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for loving us. Thank You for Your message that You give to us. Thank You, Jesus, that You're not afraid to engage the world become flesh. Well, you love us so much that you sent your only Son from the glory of heaven to the reality of life. And in every generation you do that. And in every generation you call us who have faith in you to tell others the good news of what you've done. Not just in Joseph's life, not just in Mary's life, but in my life. Because, Jesus, you forgive my sins. Jesus, you give me purpose. As Pastor Bill said between the songs, Lord, so many times we, we, want, to, we want to see the whole picture. Sometimes, and I think it's the rare occasion when you show us the whole plan, most of the time, God, you simply ask us to go step by step. And it takes great faith and courage to do that. We feel like we're walking in darkness. We feel like we're walking in a fog. We feel like we're walking in a forest. We can't see the forest for the trees, we say. We stumble over the roots. Lying face down in the dirt. We cry out to you, Lord Jesus. 
Help me get up. We call upon you, Jesus. Come and save us. Love us. Show us the way. Will we trust in you? Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. The invitation to pray is open to all of us. If you want to come and kneel at the front and pray, if you want someone to pray with you at the prayer station, if you want to just join in prayer with somebody right there where you are. If you're online, we have folks that can pray with you, that can, we can go into a chat room with you if you have a prayer need. But don't leave this place, this building today or the broadcast as you're watching today without addressing what it is that you need to do in your life. Lord, we thank you. We thank you today. We join with the saints and the elders around the throne today, singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God who was and is and is to come. And worthy is the Lamb who was slain
worship you today. Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. There is no one else who is like you, God. In all creation, we lift our voices today. We sing praise unto you. Now and forever. Thank you.